0: from relevant magazine and relevantmagazine.com it's the relevant podcast
1: It's July eighth, two thousand and eleven, and this is the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando Studios is Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. To her immediate left, Josh Lewin Lovelace. Hey, people.
2: Oh, that was cheery.
1: Well, it just—he didn't roll his eyes.
2: He no, yeah, eyes somebody <laughs> made a comment about
1: every time
3: I say that it sounds like I'm rolling my eyes in real life.
2: Hey, but I'm
3: not. I'm not. He's—I'm
1: he's I'm I'm happy. Well, he was. Now he's not, and that's why he sounded so much happier. I'm cross-eyed. Um, I think it sounded sarcastic. It kind of did. <laughs> it kind of did. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, on the Skype line from Love Lane, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello, and our illustrious producer, Manning the Ones and Twos, Chad Michael's named. Hello, friends. We have a great podcast lined up for you today. Uh, Coming up later, we spotlight a great uh, band, Leagues, with uh, the lead singer. Lead singer of Leagues is Thad Cockrell. Been a big fan of Thad Cockrell for a long time. He's amazing That is a name Listen so many people In the office are fans Of Thad Cockrell And leagues That like Especially Austin (laughs) Mm -hmm. That Austin Our project manager Who's never done Anything with content Ever (laughs) Begged to do the interview And did So
4: Austin is actually The one
1: who He did uh, a great job He
0: knew so much About Thad Cockerell that Perfect. it creeped him it, it, out. None, none of our editors could have competed with what he would be able to throw <laughs> on the table. Cool.
3: And that got a little weirded out. Yeah, basically. he's like, <laughs> so yeah. you you drive that blue sedan <laughs> still, right? There's now a
5: restraining order <laughs> yeah. against. Do, you, do, do your, the shower curtains in your master bathroom yeah. <laughs> still have little ducks
1: on them? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you like your appetizer on the border last night? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: Normal questions we yeah. usually ask. Bad. A little awkward. Lock, little yeah.
4: that's it.
1: Uh, So that's it's, coming up. It's later. an
5: insightful interview. Uh,
1: also coming up, uh, we bring in the editors and we uh, talk about the uh, behind the scenes on the brand new issue of Relevant, which is out now with the Civil Wars on the cover. It's a great issue. It's fun. Very exciting. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm actually not here today, Hmm. Friday, July 8th because Maya and I have procured uh, Uh, tickets for the final shuttle launch. Like you're going to be on dun, 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 the shuttle. Dun, 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 yes. You have tickets. Uh, yes. Yeah. You got coach seats. Yeah. Coach seats?
5: <laughs> coach seats. So they they cost $3 affordable. million dollars apiece. Yeah. yeah. I'm
3: you're, really excited. You'll be I, sitting next to Lance
1: Bass on the way to the moon. I this love is it. the fulfillment of a dream a that, bye, that bye, third, bye. third grade Cameron had. <laughs> <laughs> third grade Cameron always it's dreamed happening. of going to a shuttle launch. Okay. And you haven't been ever? Ever. I've been to Kennedy Space Center a number of times, never for a launch.
5: What what are they going to do with the shuttle after this? Uh, Uh, actually... I think they should do like a lottery and if you're an American citizen, you automatically entered and you might win the shuttle.
3: That'd be awesome. It'd be. Amazing. I know that's
5: what I'm saying. Hey, talk about a morale booster. Like, man, the economy got you down. How about this climate change stuff? There's a lot of woes, but you might win a space shuttle.
3: <laughs> I think it's a great idea.
5: It's yeah. like you know what? You can He's sell it, right. Die, right? I, I may be unemployed and my house being foreclosed on, but I got a space shuttle.
4: Yeah, so just moving to the the space. Of cool. You know,
3: some of us have neighbors with how you know cars on blocks. Right. Imagine like the shuttle on blocks and the side yard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, final shuttle launch. Yeah. We, uh, I, as a kid, I, I actually several years tried to go to space camp, but oh uh, yeah, remember when that Did movie? Did you ever came watch out? Space? the movie yes. I knew about it but it was like a little too old for me I oh, think oh it was it was awesome it was like PG yeah at that time I <laughs> yeah. wasn't allowed to watch no PG. I think it was
3: the first PG movie I ever snuck into <laughs> <laughs> such you're, a you're rebel you were going yeah.
2: to movies by yourself at that age I was
3: yeah. I <laughs> was would drop me off at 6 just yeah. to wander around <laughs> yeah, the movie theater exactly I had to sneak into the PG
5: you had nightmares about
3: Space Camp for years <laughs> yeah and I did For like we told you I know I know
1: yeah, but I was never able to go. It was really expensive, mm-hmm. and uh, but then Kennedy Space Center had like an alternate like day camp space camp thing yeah, that yeah. they try. I tried to talk my parents on that, and they wouldn't drive me out there.
3: They feed you like uh, the astronaut ice cream food.
1: Oh, I always bought that on the
3: in the gift shop. See, people don't people who haven't been don't know what we're talking about.
1: The, yeah, it's that. No, he knows. It's that uh, the the freeze dried yeah. packets of spaceman food. They would have them at the Smithsonian and stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Is but. Do they really only eat that while they're up there? No. <laughs> they only eat ice cream. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to say I'm saying not the ice cream
5: flavor, but like the free dries packet. No. <laughs> like, just... well, why don't I don't understand the selling then. I mean, you're messing <laughs> with kids' minds because for years after I went to like the Washington Smithsonian and that's what I got, I was like, man, astronauts got it rough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I think that nowadays, uh, maybe back in the 50s and 60s, that's how they transport the food. I don't know. But anyway, fulfillment of a dream, death of a, death of my childhood I look forward to hearing about how that went Get there early Oh yeah Waste well, like, an entire day Like
2: am early, we have to be at the gate No, no,
1: no, no. earlier than that the, the, So the tour, okay, so all the tickets were sold out, right? So you had, there's causeway viewing Which is that iconic picture where there's like the reflection in the water And then the shuttle on the, mm-hmm, there's that mm-hmm. The only way you can get there is on a sanctioned bus that goes, you know then there's the Kennedy Space Center viewing. That's where we are. And then there's the Hall of Fame viewing across the inter- Intracoastal. How did you pick your spot?
6: Uh,
1: uh, uh, she didn't want to be trapped on a bus for six hours with strangers. Okay. So, All right. So we're at Kennedy Space Center. We're driving ourselves. We have a vehicle placard. The placard tells you what time you have to be there. It's an 1130 launch. The vehicle placard say like, 5 a.m. And if you get there after 5 a.m., you don't get on the ground. Wow. So shouldn't you just, like... Purchase a plane ticket that's going to be flying
3: near there at the same time. And you or a boat. You get a a boat, you, you a better like a boat shot. would be effective. Yeah. Oh, boat. Yeah. Yeah. A boat. Yeah. Get a kayak. You have a kayak? Oh, a boat. Get My t- how strong are your arm? Do you guys have an inner tube? <laughs> <laughs> if you have an inner tube. Josh will be behind a, you. And a paddle.
1: Why? what if we took the boat? Yeah, just start paddling
3: now. <laughs> no, <Boy. laughs> She just says,
1: Josh. no. That would be amazing. I'm just telling you, you got to get closer. Because you have yeah, the reflection we're on, the, on property. the water. It'd be awesome. We will be on the property. Right.
5: Everything that you do on a boat is way cooler
1: than if you do it <laughs> we'll on like, dry land. I'm on a
6: boat. Watching this channel take off. I'm on a
1: boat. No, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> then we're not going on a boat. It's going to be like that. Yeah, she's going to that. I'm going to make no, it No, I'm saying, I'm, I'm happy with where we are. We're closer than anybody who's not on the property. You know, I mean got the boaters.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some sort of
1: international waters thing because the boosters like fall off into the ocean. I'm right. sure NASA doesn't one. want that. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Put that in it's the front yard. It's just real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah anyway. That's what I'm gonna say. Um, okay. Uh, before we get going with the podcast, it's time for uh, entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, July 12th. Incubus is coming out. The album, if not now, When? Never.
5: Never. <laughs> what about eight years ago? How about eight years ago?
1: Not now. How about, how about 2003? Uh, the Cool Kids coming out with When Fish Ride Bicycles, finally. That was a mixtape about a year ago. Colby Calais is coming out with All of You, uh, Better Than Just Parts. Yes is coming out with Fly From Here. Matt Redman is coming out with 10,000 Reasons. And Washed Out is releasing Within and Without. It's the greatest album I've heard in some time. If, if somehow you could figure out a way to buy it without having to buy the cover, because it's a little risque. It's a little risque. Unless they're married. But then, but then we shouldn't be looking.
4: <laughs> but I'm just
1: saying, this album, Washed Out, is... One of the it's, best. Uh, can,
3: can you so just give year. us a little bit? I mean, I saw you guys tweeting back and forth like, oh, I love it.
0: Oh, it's no, unbe- I love it. No, it's yeah. unbelievable. I'm going to play a song later <laughs> in the podcast. It's unbelievable. Right.
1: It, it is one of the best. Like, turn it on, put it on loop, and listen to it literally all day long albums. Okay. Yeah. I
0: Probably 50 times last weekend. Wow. Just nonstop.
1: I, I oh. guess incredible. yesterday I m- sorted my iTunes just to have only that album and put it on yeah. Uh, infinite repeat wow it's really good uh, movies coming out on Friday July 15th Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows finally Part two. yes are you serious no I okay I don't know well, should we bring Ryan in for Ryan this I one? was gonna say <laughs> Ryan will be in later Okay, sure okay. that's all we'll talk about
0: yesterday all the editorial team could talk about was the midnight showing oh gosh
3: Ugh. when they come in and just start talking about that I mean is it the worst background noise. Ever. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I
5: I, yeah, I would I would seriously as soon as they start talking about it, turn up my music as loud as I could for everyone in the office Watch here just out. to drown out the Harry Potter talk.
1: Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Winnie the Pooh is also coming out in case you want something more mature than Harry Potter. Midnight showing. Uh, Harry, mm. w- yeah, Winnie the Pooh is coming out.
5: <laughs> Winnie the Pooh 3D at midnight. <laughs> 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 and
1: then uh, Salvation Boulevard, starring Pierce Brosnan, Jennifer Connelly, at Harris, Greg Kinnear. Nothing, nothing worse than poo coming at you 3D
4: that's
0: what I always say poo in 3D
3: that's what I always
4: say. no
3: it's
1: Winnie the Pooh I'm sorry What's 3D poo right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases stay tuned up next Slices
4: so I think- Like you're half of some
1: listening to the airborne toxic event which also is known as poo 3d yeah exactly um, <laughs> I mean, that's the, they did accurate. the soundtrack for no. poo 3d <laughs> the airborne toxic event the song is half of something else is playing right now on relevant fm at the beginning of the podcast you heard the kooks the song is you like that it's from their upcoming album junk of the heart it's rather presumptuous you like that you like that yeah <laughs> okay it's time for slices what do you have jesse all right.
5: Well, uh, uh, CNN did a story in their new uh, food blog about the world's wackiest ice cream flavors. Um, the number one comes from the great state of Florida. So I'm sure all of you have had this because they serve it at the Florida State Fair. Um, is that in Orlando? The uh, Florida State Fair? Tampa. Uh, well, it might be worth the trip because there you can get an ice cream cheeseburger. What? It's, it's a cheeseburger with... It's so gross. They have a huge picture of it. It's a cheeseburger with a scoop of fried ice cream on it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that would so, be
2: hard to uh, eat. That's so disgusting. If, so,
5: if you're looking to go to the Florida State Fair, that's one thing you look forward to. Um, they also have uh, cicada ice cream, like the bug. Now, Ew. the Missouri State Health Department, unfortunately... Uh, made this ice cream shop uh, shop stop serving it because they were actually cicadas from the employees' backyards that they were boiling and putting sugar on and putting it in ice cream. But if you boil it, like it's
3: it's safe. It's supposed to be good, right? Yeah, I mean you can boil bugs and eat them, right?
5: That's how Bear Grylls makes his homemade ice cream. <laughs> but when um, when Missouri
3: steps in and starts banning things, I just think everyone else should just not even look into it and say, "Yep, yeah, that we'll just follow suit." Yeah.
5: Yeah,
1: that's a good thing to ban. Yeah. yeah,
5: sorry, Stalin. I didn't realize we're still in Russia, and I can't eat bugs in my ice cream. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, lobster
1: ice cream in Maine. Which that I didn't believe your indignation, but by, by the way, you didn't <laughs> sell it. Me? Yes. Well, I honestly
5: believe it's probably the right move on that. One. <laughs> I'm outraged. I mean, you know, sort of. I mean look, if we don't want some, you know, pandemic running wild because people are eating bugs and ice cream, let's just use good sense here, people. <laughs> Stalin. Um, they serve lobster ice cream in Maine, and it's in their butter flavored ice cream. Wow, um, that's and it's actually this place's bestseller is the lobster ice cream. Uh, they have ice cream cone ramen in Tokyo. Jeez, which really? th- I mean,
3: that doesn't like if it's the cone that's made of ramen. That doesn't sound too bad. No, it's probably cheap, which is good. I mean, that's why you get. Yeah, it costs like a nickel. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's cheap, then it makes sense. I don't. And you don't, don't need take it, it near
5: like any warm water. No, or else you'll have a big mess. Yeah, big problem. Um, uh, government <laughs> cheese ice cream in San Francisco. Oh my god! And th- this is, uh, uh, this is indescribable. Um, beef tongue ice cream oh. that's also served in Tokyo. Wow,
1: that's horrible. That's just beef. I mean, they serve that at the deli. But beef, beef non- ice cream, ice cream, that is, ice but, cream. But, yeah. but I mean, we got a cheeseburger ice cream here in Florida. I'm saying that's true. But
5: but that's actually ice cream on a cheeseburger. This is beef oh. tongue in oh. the ice cream.
1: Oh, so it's not like Jelly Bellies, where they just find a similar flavor artificially. You're saying it's no, actually? I think they actually put the ground up. Beef tongue. I like yeah. that you compare it with jelly bellies. <laughs> well, jelly bellies, popcorn jelly bellies, taste like popcorn, but it isn't really popcorn. See, that's well, what well, I thought all yeah, these yeah, ice creams not were. It's
5: actually jellified popcorn.
1: <laughs> so you're saying that all of these are the actual ingredients? Mm.
5: Most of them, yes.
1: Yeah. Ooh okay yeah that's weird yeah
5: well and and here's the thing about the jelly bell like i love jelly bellies but but i eat them most candies like if i'm eating like some junior mints or skittles or something i just go like handful by at a time Mm -hmm. you know like i get the flavor explosion when it's like skittles or something but with jelly bellies you don't dare do that you know because you could have a bunch of really good berry flavors and get one butterscotch in there and it ruins the whole mouth. Ruins
1: the whole mouth. Yeah, yeah, you can't. So serious. yeah, yeah. This. You can't pop your jelly bellies like that by the handful. There's no <laughs> because, way.
5: Yeah, like I said, if you mix like blueberry, popcorn, uh, peanut butter, and and one of those black licorice. Yeah. I mean, you're you're gonna be nauseous. I
1: never get the variety pack. I always go to the ones where yeah, you can pick out dangerous. your own, and I get all reds or all fruits. When was it. the last time you bought jelly beans?
3: I mean, is this a real conversation we're having? No,
1: this
5: is is dead serious.
3: I hate sweets. So when people like, when I see stores where they sell chocolate, I'm like, how do you stay open? Who goes to a just a chocolate store? What's wrong oh, yeah. with you? Yeah, I don't. What happened to you, Josh? I don't you understand. Like the like even like the the M and store at the mall that's like huge. Who I goes love it. to the mall to buy M and M's? just go to 7-Eleven. Are no, you kidding I'm, me? No,
5: but here is the thing, man. I,
3: the if color. I'm at the mall, I, I
5: didn't go there for the M and store. But if I'm at the mall, I see an M and store. I'm like, oh, sweet, better go check that out. It might have a new flavor like coconut or something.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> coconut. Most of the time, they do. Wait, wait, wait! M&Ms aren't flavored; they're just different colors. No, no, they they no. In
5: the middle, they they experiment. They put almonds in there sometimes. Peanut butter, like I said, they got coconut now. They do not peanut butter. Those are
3: Reese's Pieces, buddy. Yeah, yeah. No,
5: I'm telling you, man, I'm telling he you, there's M&Ms. some M&M connoisseur like myself will, will, will vindicate me on the, on the feedback page, I hope. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, okay.
5: The, the other, this is my last little uh, riff about weird flavored candies. I was at a party one time and the host had accidentally mixed their bowl of M&Ms with their bowl of Skittles. Mm. Okay. Party ruined.
4: <laughs> Whoa,
5: party ruined. Because I mean, everyone's like, "Ooh, a bowl of a bowl of candy here," and they pop it in, and it's Skittles and M and M's. Oh yeah, no, they don't go. They don't like go well all the guests were just really insulted.
1: Well, you know, the guests could also not pop the candy; they could just, I mean, do other things at the party.
5: I feel like I feel like if you're at a party and there's a huge bowl of M and M's or a huge bowl of Skittles you're going to, at some point in the evening, you're going to go help yourself. Am (laughs) I wrong about that? Or is is that just me? Nope, I'll do it. Thank you. Like, it's not, maybe it's not my first thought, but I'll certainly be like, oh, look, we got some bowls of candy over here. I'm more
1: fried. If there was a massive bowl of fries or tater tots. Or like one of those crockpots full of Swedish meatballs. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I would go partake of that. Now you're talking. Yeah. Or cheeseburger ice cream. I would just scoop off the ice cream, and eat the cheeseburger. Get to the
4: cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's fried ice cream.
1: Fried ice cream. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that was good back when we go chee to Chee-Cheese. El Torito. Oh, sorry. good <laughs> old chee Yeah, yeah. also cheese
5: cheese. shut down
3: by the Missouri Health Department. Yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> they, t- they went ahead and stepped in where the federal government wouldn't. Yeah, Missouri, and Missouri sh- just shut down Chee-Cheese across the board. Yeah, in Florida,
3: Missouri stepped in.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's good. All right, what do you have, Maya?
2: Uh, my slice is, I didn't know if you guys had heard um, about how Fox News, their Twitter got hacked on the 4th of July. By
3: John Stewart. By, by Anthony Weiner. <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Weiner.
2: <laughs> did you guys hear about that at I do not no. Hear about Really? That.
3: No. So they, all of a sudden, they stopped tweeting things that were fair and balanced. Is yes. that what you're going to say? Yeah. At 2 a.m. No, they started on... tweeting things. <laughs> that
2: were fair and at 2 a.m. on the 4th of July. Um, somebody hacked their Twitter feed and, and said that President Obama had been shot twice at an, at an um, Iowa restaurant, and they wished the best of luck to President Joe B- Joe Biden. What I mean, which is like totally horrible. But what's odd is that they didn't take Fox News didn't take it down until noon that day.
1: Like, I heard they like
2: called what the Secret with Service, this. though. They did. The Secret Service is looking into it, and somebody called. Crypt- they were they were all at a script- barbecue. <laughs> script kitties has taken credit for it and they've done it all anonymously And they, but they did this report and um, they said why did you pick Fox News and it says because we selected them because we figured their security would be a, just as much of a joke as their reporting. <laughs> oh,
3: oh wow. Clearly they got Insults through? to injury. Okay. Alright. Uh, I'm sure you guys uh, have heard about this um, but in New York uh, Chad where you, you hail from Right. Um, there were some protesters getting together to protest uh, that people who ride motorcycles should be able to ride their motorcycles without a helmet. Hmm. And as they were riding along in protest, um, a guy without his helmet on flipped over his motorcycle Stop. and died. Oh, Stop. oh, my
0: gosh. Where was this? And died
3: in New York in on- Onondaga. 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 That, what he said. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, this is like serious, serious story, but, it, you know, it's, it's obviously ironic Mm-hmm. And yet, um, it's crazy. What, one of the reasons why I'm bringing it up is in Florida, you don't have to ride a motorcycle with a helmet. Right. But what's crazy is if you ride a bicycle, you have to ride a helmet.
1: Really? Do you really?
3: Yeah, if you're a kid, you have to ride. Oh, a, so up to a certain age. Yeah. I'm just saying like, but they've decided like if you fall off a bicycle... And you know, like we bought my son a bike last night for his birthday. He turned nine, and uh, we feels like we've been celebrating him for like three weeks. But finally got him his big gift, bought him a helmet, and it's just crazy. Like I'm buying my son a helmet, and the same day finding out, like you know, a guy flipped off his motorcycle because he wasn't wearing a helmet. Some people, something people can do here in Florida, but um, maybe maybe because what is vehicle. this Missouri? But maybe
1: the child can't be responsible for his own well being, and so they have to help my son the children I, no uh, why but like an adult it's like if you choose to take your life in your hands and you reap the consequences if and my you nine-year-old what you're doing my nine-year-old's not gonna die from falling off his bike Pe- people have hit trees more
3: people my point is more people wreck on motorcycles yeah, yeah, without helmets course. than nine-year-olds who f- fall off their bike and scrape their knee
1: but but with adults it's like natural selection
3: don't bring evolution into this. Well, I'm just saying, this is what Darwin <laughs> is this talked where, is about. Is this where
1: you go left? Is this the 11%? No, no I don't Okay. Okay, so
3: what <laughs> I'm saying with, with
1: adults, if you're stupid enough, you know, to, to you know, whatever, then fine. Then good, you won't replicate re- you know, reproduce right. stupidity,
5: Well, right. well it's a, in in Klosserman, one of his books, I think it's killing yourself to live. He talks about how he doesn't see any sense in a motorcycle. Zero.
1: Why is that? What was his theory?
5: His theory was there's no reason to have a motorcycle because they're so dangerous. There, there are so many other modes of comparable transportation that don't, you don't take your life in your hands.
3: He must work in his he, upstairs he, he, he wall.
5: He was doing a story, I think it was about the Allman Brothers or, or some band that two of the members of the band died in motorcycle accidents in the exact same intersection, like a year and a half apart. Oh, wow. And he goes riffing about people that own motorcycles. I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm just saying I've heard that's the case. Like, why stop at helmets? Why not just make motorcycles
1: illegal? I don't agree with that at all. That's silly.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just stirring the pot a little. Right. So we're doing a little round the horn action.
1: I mean, so you, you, you got a little taste of law from Missouri, and you're just running with it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, your yeah. libertarianism is out the window right yeah. now. Yeah, tell people they can't do stuff.
5: Yeah, you're not eating bugs. You're not riding a motorcycle. Where does it stop?
1: In in Florida, you don't have to wear a helmet uh, unless your wife makes you. Oh, right. <laughs> so, do you? Do you? I mean, you have a Vespa scooter. I own. I own a, I own two helmets. Yeah, and probably
3: wear it what percentage? Okay, well, hold on. You're, you're making eye contact with your wife as you're thinking of this number.
4: No,
1: I'm so being real. I mean, it. I'm saying probably 10 to 20% of the time I wear my helmet, okay. but that's usually only when I have to carry something in my little trunk and I have to take the helmet out to put it in there. Oh, okay. When you, and so then I'll just carry my helmet on my head <laughs> <laughs> instead of <laughs> in the trunk. But, but I've gotten where like, I've tried to start leaving it out, like leaving the helmet on the seat. Sure. So I, you know, in my laziness, if I have to bother to move it, I might as well stick it on my head rather than undoing the trunk, you know.
5: See, I think I think if I was a, a was a biker, I think I would do like a football helmet. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like a really
5: awesome one with like a red visor. I like it. A hockey you know? mask. Like if camera, if you were riding around in your Florida Gators helmet, wouldn't that be kind of cool?
1: I have one, except they when you buy those they put that metal bar in it and you can't put it on your head. I've tried to. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't because it's a real helmet, uh I guess they don't want the liability of somebody putting it on and going and injuring themselves in the state of Florida they don't want you to wear helmets ever for anything (laughs) for anything yeah
3: they won't even let you wear a football (laughs) helmet like just around your house
1: (laughs) okay well on that note that'll wrap up slices stay tuned up next leagues everyone wear football helmets Listening to Memory Tapes. The song is Wait in the Dark. It's playing right now on Relevant FM. Leagues is a new group uh, comprised of four guys and led by Thad Cockrell. The band's debut EP is available on iTunes now, um, but if you want to uh, check out their first single called Magic, it's streaming right now on the band's Facebook page. Our very own Austin Salisbury spoke to Thad Cockrell recently. And here is our spotlight on leagues.
7: Over the past, you know, ten years, you've put out several solo records and now a band. Why now? What, what's what is it about this group of guys and this group of songs that this is the right time for leagues?
8: You know, um, I, I know this probably sounds fishy, but I don't. I don't feel like I was necessarily the orchestrator of the plan. Um, you know, I've been doing solo projects, you know, just under my name for quite some time, and I started getting songs hearing songs that were coming to me that were bigger than just the solo artist, It was bigger than me, you know? Um, And uh, it sounded like it needed a band in order for it to be believable. It's not people playing Sad Cockrell songs. That's not what it is. I want to do something that I don't know how to do. Um, I want it to be music that is not a representation of me. If we all get in the room, it's a representation of us, you know?
7: yeah is that something that's freeing for you who you've been doing the solo thing for a long time is that feel different
8: oh it's way different I mean it's even the songwriting to even the singing everything about it has been you know, on a lot of levels I feel like uh, I don't know what I'm doing It's it's been a building of an arc on a, on a lot of levels And I think another thing that that, that we wanted to do, in the spirit of it, is we didn't want anything cynical to be about this music, you know? We wanted to fight... I think the cynicism is so rampant, even amongst like a lot of music that I hear, there's like this subtext, and the subtext reads, not for you, (laughs) you know? Yeah. a joke, and it's not for you. And I think, you know, that's pretty cynical on a lot of levels and I think maybe the bravest thing to do is to make music for people that you might not know or that might not look like you or think like you or that you might not think you relate to so you're trying to have a conversation outside of yourself you know so it's all these things that you know it's kind of the spirit behind what drives the ambition of this music
7: Can you narrow down, I know um, you said that that this project isn't about you necessarily, but just on a personal level, the secret self of you that comes out, I know, you know, Tyler has his and Jeremy has his and Mike and Dan, but for Thad, what is the secret self that is uh, able to come alive in this project that maybe you wasn't, what's new for you personally in this project?
8: You know, I would say that the secret self is being who you're called to be, you know, So you're you're really wired to be and I would say for for me although on a lot of levels I'm completely a scaredy cat uh down deep inside I know that I've been wired to be for bravery you know for me I would say that um I'm not sure I dreamt a dream big enough that would allow God to have to take it you know Mm. and that's exactly kind of what this is for all of us like Mm. It's going to take a a lot of water to make this thing float. We all want to make music that's bigger than ourselves and that picks you up out of wherever you're at and gives you lift, even if it's just for a moment, you know? And so the only way that 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 happens for a listener is if that happens for us. And if it happens for us, then it will translate, you know?
7: been doing music for a while, and, and I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, since you began this journey, what is it that in you, can you explain, and I don't want to overanalyze it, but is when you wake up in the morning, are, are there songs already brewing in your head? Is, is it something you, you observe life and then you begin the process, or do you find that songwriting for you is uh, irresistible?
8: It is, it is irresistible. I believe that um, you have to be open to certain songs. You know, uh, I believe songs are complete gifts, and ultimately they're a conversation between you and your creator. I remember at one point, I remember thinking, I don't want to write songs about me anymore. I want to write songs about us. I want to write songs about us. And I want to write songs that I don't know how to write. Um, and I, I believe that in order to do something that's really creative, truly, to, to truly create something, I think that means that you have to do something that you don't know how to do
4: Hmm.
8: otherwise i think you fall into a danger of becoming repetitious and that's factory line you know yeah and so i think you have to continually uh keep walking into a room that you're not familiar with i think when i first started having thoughts about songs i would have those thoughts and as soon as they come to me i'd be like okay well i'm going to get in here i'm going to write this thing and and I realize now that I don't even do that. I just put it back up there, and I'm like, okay, at some point when I'm not expecting it, this thing will pop out, you know, at the, at the right
4: time.
1: That was Leagues. Check him out at leaguesmusic.com. You're listening to Parts and Labor. The song is Rest. It's playing right now on Relevant.fm. One of the, one of my favorite parts of the podcast is saying band names, like it's because they're so interesting, or or album names. It's like so non sequitur. Um, I'm welcoming into the studio uh, the illustrious editorial team uh, uh, responsible for a whole lot of Relevant magazine. Our editorial director Roxanne Wieman.
9: Hey everybody. <laughs> th- Why do you have to do that? It's you always make me so nervous. It no. wasn't Peppy. <laughs> hey everybody.
1: <laughs> That's it's
9: great to be here.
1: She's been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and and our uh newly appointed managing editor of Relevant, Ryan Ham. Hey everyone. And newly
9: and married. And, and newly, newly married.
1: married. And newly married. Yeah. Two weeks.
9: So many life changes. I know.
1: It's crazy. So I wanted to bring them in to talk about the uh, July issue of Relevant, which uh, uh, arrived to subscribers a week or so ago. It's available now on newsstands. Uh, The Civil Wars carry the cover, and we just wanted to kind of give you a glimpse behind the scenes at uh, how we put together the issue and why, and uh, talk about some of the highlights. So... um, First things first, I mean The Civil Wars, um, one of our favorite groups. Uh, we've been talking about them on the podcast since what, Dece- December? November? Probably even before that cuz we really liked their EP when it came out. Yeah. yeah, but we got the full length. Chad got the full length because of the relevant compilation album, yeah. right?
0: It was back in
1: November, November or October, yeah. October. November, yeah. And that's when we started freaking out. Yeah. Like we knew that this band was going to blow up and uh, then they got on Lino. And then they started to blow up. Yeah, and now they're blowing up as culminating the crescendo <laughs> with the cover. cover of Relevant That's Magazine. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. It's been it's been awesome to see such great people and artists uh, doing great art uh, get the national exposure that they're getting. Yeah. Uh, VH1 got behind them. NPR, uh, obviously, you know, Leno's had them on a couple times now. Yeah, and it's just been really cool to see the wave that they're riding.
9: And there's something about like they actually have a new story where you kind of hear the same story from bands all the time. We started this way and then we kind of, you know, broke out this way. And, but to have somebody who with joy Williams, like she was in Christian music and he was in Southern rock and
1: she was it's um, like an
9: actual, I don't know. It's just a different story
1: for people who don't know. I mean, they, she talks about this extensively. Uh, uh, joy Williams was 10 years ago, five years ago, a Christian radio yeah. pop star. And, uh, dropped out of that she talks about this she just dropped off the face of the earth and that world and re-emerged making um,
9: completely different music yeah
1: mm-hmm. um and and so I, the story that they talk about is is their journey which is fascinating they um for really the first time talk about their faith mm-hmm. um and what um what it means to them and their art because their, their songs, um, one song in their album would be gospel. And then this is a quote from her. One song, we'll sing about gospel sometimes, but we also sing about cigarettes. Yeah. And so they talk about that tension uh, as artists and as Christians. Uh, so it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it, that is a side of the story that they haven't told anyone else. They're actually pretty protective of not being labeled a Christian band. Mm-hmm. Right. And so whenever an artist, uh, especially a new artist or a group, is uh, aware of that and don't want to be pigeonholed, uh, it's usually hard for us to get that side of the story out there, mm-hmm. or at least have that conversation with them. But they were very open with us, and it was—it's fascinating. Um, the other thing we talked about—if uh, you go watch them, if you've ever seen them perform, there, there's, there's this like overt romantic tension. It mm-hmm. seems, uh, and and what's funny is that a lot of people don't realize that they're both married to other people. Yeah, yeah. And the, and that aspect of their act is an act, and uh, they cultivate it intentionally, which is fascinating. <laughs> and they talk about it in the, in the, yeah. uh, in the article. Um, <laughs> cause to you know, to me, like her husband, uh, is their manager. Mm-hmm. And so he's right there off camera. Yeah. And when you kind of know that and then you watch them perform, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, well we, um, in the drop, we spotlight a couple of, uh, a, f- a few great artists that we're excited about. Tadashi is one of them. He's actually a Christian rapper. Also, Sons and Daughters and DeLorean, some great uh, artists for you to check out. And, and like always, or now our, one of our new things is uh, whenever there's a media component to a story in the print magazine, there's a QR code for you to quickly be able to hear the music or watch the film trailer or something like that. So bringing a, another layer to the magazine. So that's in there. And that's actually just kind of a stepping stone or a segue for us to uh, transition to the multimedia edition of the magazine which uh, we are working on now and will release with the next issue Mm in September. Uh, Relevant will be on tablets. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. And Chad will be involved. Chad's leading the audio and video content for the uh, tablet edition. We have a new designer, Tanya, who's going to be designing this unique interface. It's crazy. It's going to be a big thing. We're We're already
9: talking about Cool ideas for video and ways to enhance stories and yeah. other stories that we can tell. In addition, that we wouldn't be able to tell in the magazine. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun. It's the future of
1: publishing. <laughs> but you know, um, you know, the print magazine is still obviously incredibly important. We we incentivize and add a lot of value to print subscriptions. We give you reject apathy. We give you four albums, um, and and so if you're a print subscriber, when we, we'll talk about this more later. But when when we release the tablet, you will get access to the tablet edition for free yeah. as well. So. Um, uh, we definitely, uh, want to reward and, um, appreciate our loyal supporters mm-hmm. who subscribe to the print mag. Yeah. Um, some of the features in the issue, uh, we look at what, um, sustainable and
6: slow and local, f- uh, the ethical food movement, mm-hmm. uh, how it's mm-hmm. taking shape and how it's changing things. Yeah. Um, I really like this piece cause I've, I mean, it challenged me, uh, just thinking about. Uh, like uh, pesticides (laughs) yes pesticides but also i think i mean it really drives home um almost like the responsibility as christians we have to think about how to eat more sustainably like instead of just buying something randomly off the shelf like to put a little more thought into it because um i thought one of the guys interviewed made a really good point about like you know christians are happy to go to church and um you know join like a pro-life rally but then on the way home they'll stop at mcdonald's which you know, does so much. Well, if They're th- hungry. <laughs> well, I mean, and his point is that like, you know, we, we do these things with no hint of hypocrisy or, um, like no realization that we're, you know, standing up for life in this one area, but then in others, we might be neglecting, uh, places that our Christian faith can inform as well.
9: And I think just the getting into like the theology of, of food and how we eat and yeah. consumption and, and even just like tracing our, roots no pun intended back to like uh, like the soil and the way that christianity has always did you really just say tracing our roots back to I the did, soil i i didn't mean to because as i said no pun intended
1: you can't stop halfway through a sentence like
9: that and say no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> it's not
4: allowed.
9: anyway just getting into like the you know the jewish history with the soil and farming and and the way that god interacted with that in in the old testament
1: uh, Flip of the page We we uh, talked to uh, One of Chad's Favorite bands Sleigh Bells
0: I think I love How, about how many times Have we well, started A podcast with Sleigh Bells say <laughs> is my, the fa- my favorite thing About Sleigh Bells Is every song Is a great podcast opener
1: Yeah, yeah. Energy <laughs> Hard hitting <laughs> yeah. yeah And tons of great christian content that's
9: right <laughs> tons and,
1: and they talk about that extensive no
6: they don't at all actually
1: <laughs> i was like
9: wait we I just d-
6: put them in there because we like the music yeah yes. i did just realize that this is the one with the typo because it should have been 1998 poison the well not 1988 i know I, I someone pointed that out on twitter
1: uh an astute uh reader uh, which proves that the magazine's actually getting read yeah uh, tweeted us uh this
6: week pointing out that we got a date wrong yeah so I forwarded it over to Ryan. Yeah. We're deeply sorry. I'm sure that upset your day.
1: So so people who <laughs> so people who don't know that it's a typo, it doesn't look like a typo. It's yeah, not like a misspelled it word. Yeah. It's just
6: misinformation. Yeah, it's Right. Mis- so basically we I mean we, it's not it's not a typo in terms of no, like it's misspelling, not it's just a lie.
1: Yeah, it's it's intentional
6: misinformation.
9: We're trying to make you sound like an idiot. In 1988. Anyway,
6: no, that's that's my fault for not seeing that.
1: One of the hardest-hitting stories uh, that we've probably done Mm. ever is in this issue uh, next. It's a, a Christian response to the Arab Spring, all of the revolutions happening in the middle east uh we we had an expert in the area uh write about it and unpack it from a kind of christian worldview context and 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 how should we feel about this about what's happening over there
6: not as not as americans and not a political context but actually a faith context yeah um i mean it's and it's something that is really timely right now because i mean even though egypt kind of you know got it in the news in front of everyone like there's still you know crazy protests going on in syria and like i just read today amnesty international is trying to get the un to intervene because there are all these terrible human rights abuses going on um but it's just i mean it's really interesting to see how uh democracy and freedom um has taken kind of a different look in an arab context and then Um, And then really the way that uh, the people of the Middle East and North Africa look at American Christians in particular and seeing like and the way we respond in a sense affects their view of what Christianity is. Um, And And that's, yeah. And that was a really interesting part to me is just to see how much weight is attached to our response, like in terms of how they view the gospel. Right.
9: And the challenge that the article really offers is, you know, are we going to support these Arab nations in their in their desires for democracy and for freedom, or are we afraid of that in their cultures because of our sort of prejudice against their religion? Yeah. So, which is interesting.
1: It's challenging piece. Uh, also, in the issue, our summer reading guide. Uh, Yay! For all the book nerds like Roxy out there. Yay!
6: Um, so, uh, pick pick a couple of highlights and, and and tell us about them. <laughs> all right uh there's some really interesting ones um i mean we you know we talk about the da- uh the last book uh by david foster wallace uh before his death um and it wasn't finished so that's kind of interesting and in- kind of an interesting story behind that um and then someone's coming out with a um a book about doc uh from the movie tombstone so it's sort of a prequel really yeah I'm a Huckleberry. Yeah. Okay. That's the best part. I actually want to read that. (laughs) That was my favorite movie. Yeah. In in like college. (sighs) Yeah. I love Tombstone. So, and I mean, if you read it, and you, can have, you can have Kilmer's voice in, ha- in mind the and entire time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Doc similar. Holiday? Are you talking about Doc? Holl- yeah, Doc Holliday. Yeah. Holiday, yeah. So, so, I mean,
1: he was a real person. Yeah. Right. You have the, to say from Tombstone. No, and I
4: know, also But the, but the book is like
1: him. I think the book it's is like <laughs> Wyatt Earp. He was real too. <laughs> right.
6: But I think the book is based on Kilmer's portrayal. Of, oh, really? That's, I, well, that's what it is like, it fan fiction. Yeah uh, yes, it's slash fiction. It's where he and White are have a relationship. No, not really.
9: <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, falling upward is on my list for the summer. I thought that one looked really good. Just about sort of the mystic emotional side of our faith.
6: Is the Bible on our list? Yes. It's always on it's our, always our list. On our list. <laughs> one of the, a couple of the other really interesting ones. Um, one book called Black Tide. Um, it is, it's kind of a look at the story behind uh the explosion of the Deepwater horizon uh oil well uh that's that one in the summer of 2010 that uh killed i think 11 people yeah i know
1: That killed (laughs) and he's not saying this because it's an ad on our back we didn't actually
6: know that there was an ad in the back cover until like print day
1: you know interesting this brings up an interesting nuance that people wonder about us yeah a lot of magazines would uh the way that they would decide a reading guide like this product guide would be that the sales team would go out and sell ads to those companies uh, or or would actually those companies would pay for placement in the guide we work the exact opposite the editorial team puts uh together the guide uh, with absolutely no outside input completely autonomous and uh, it's true recommendations based on no influence And then uh, late, like after the issue is being put together, the sales guys will see the pages and go, oh, I know that publisher or whatever and Mm -hmm. go tell the publisher, hey, we're spotlighting you in our reading guide and the publisher will sometimes buy an ad to enhance the presence, which in this case is on our back cover. Yeah, right. But it's completely, I I feel the way to do it with complete integrity um, there's no influence on our editorial decisions by advertisers. Yeah, though we appreciate our advertisers very right. yes. much, we wouldn't exist without them. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of music in this issue, um, which is kind of funny. When the cover story is an artist like Civil mm-hmm. Wars, and we unpack their story so extensively, but uh, one of the artists uh, we did spotlight uh, with Sleigh Bells is is uh, Explosions in the Sky, uh, a band we like a lot.
9: This is one of those bands where I feel like people are always like, it's worship music, like it feels like worship music.
6: I mean, like Roxy said, it is a band a lot of people say, you know, has significant spiritual undertones just because of uh, its I mean, beauty, honestly. Um, and so we actually talked to them if they view their music as spiritual and what they feel like that means and if there's something deeper than just uh, that kind of surface level thing that music can tap into. And they had some really thoughtful, thoughtful responses. Right.
1: And uh, last but not least, in the issue, we uh, look at the uh, the idea of love, and we had a pretty extensive conversation in my office about this yesterday, <laughs> uh, about the idea of falling in love, and is that concept the the romantic notion that you see depicted on movies, like in TV shows, all the time? Is that is that even? real yeah
9: and sort of what happens after the movie ends after they fall in love
6: you
1: leave the theater and
6: <laughs> yeah
9: five six <laughs> seven ten years later when yeah. it's not all feeling and easy
6: well the author is a um and the author is a, a marriage counselor so she came at it with a lot of experience and perspective and um i mean i thought one of the most interesting thing was she tapped into that metaphor that we use of falling um in terms of like it's like you don't have a choice you know it's just this overwhelming thing but then when that overwhelming things becomes le- underwhelming then what do you what are you left with so right. um okay well uh those are the highlights of the new issue obviously there's
1: great other stuff in the issue a lot of stuff in the front matter slices uh, statements recommendations media recommends um yeah you can go check out uh the magazine online uh if you subscribe to relevant now you get not only six issues of relevant you get four albums, exclusive albums, of music curated by uh, our team here. Primarily, that means Chad and Ryan. Um- <laughs> We have great music taste. Yeah, actually, uh, so it's great exclusive tracks and some some live recordings. You get four of those albums throughout your subscription, about once a quarter. Uh, you get an email saying, "Hey, your new downloads available," um, and and also you're going to get two copies, two issues of our brand new magazine, Reject Apathy, which uh, we will tell you more about next week. So you get eight magazines and four albums for fourteen ninety five, and then starting in September, you'll get access to the
6: tablet edition as well that's so. a deal
9: how could you pass it up? for Seriously.
1: actually for real don't be sarcastic
6: no, that no, is a deal. Not. i was gonna no. say that's like the, that's same, the same price it's it. the same price as beyonce's deluxe edition
9: and you get so much more you get four I mean, albums it's a great album but
6: so if
1: you want to uh support what we're doing support uh the magazine we would absolutely appreciate it you can go over to relevantmagazine.com and on the upper right hand corner of the website you can Uh, take advantage of that deal there. Or you can uh, check it out at newsstands nationwide and buy the single issue. So, okay, that's it for the uh, look inside the new issue. Stay tuned up next. Feedback. Listening to "Washed Out," the song is "Amor Fati." It's playing right now on Relevant FM. If the cover image yeah, I'm just has gonna, taught us anything, I'm just going to blur the whole cover out uh, for RFM, like like uh, like Kanye. Yeah, yeah. Just pixelate the whole. Actually, thing. you yeah, just, just <laughs> you really blurry pixels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's time for feedback. Last week, we asked you which artists uh, or bands are you excited about that are making creative, artistic, God-focused music. Last week on the podcast, we had Ascend the Hill, who did an amazing worship set. If you didn't catch it, go back and listen to last week's podcast or go over to Relevant TV and you can watch the, the whole thing. And it got us talking about artists like Ascend the Hill, John Mark McMillan, uh, Derek Webb, uh, all sons and daughters.
3: Wow. Uh, that's different than Sons and Daughters. Did they change
1: the name? They, they actually did change their name. Wow. Why? Uh, there's a band in the UK, like a death metal band, Scotland in Scotland, called oh. Sons and Daughters, and they went after them, so they had to change it to All Sons and Daughters.
5: I was going to say, they, I, I would think they did it so that they show up at the very top of your iPod
3: every time you turn it on, all because
1: <laughs> wow. it starts with
5: a. A- a-, a
3: a a Sons and Daughters. <laughs> yeah. Usually, I mean, they've they've been signed to Integrity for a
1: while. Yeah, it seems like, but they haven't you- put out their LP yet. <laughs> their, okay. their debut LP. They've only put out one EP. Okay. And, um, and then this fall, we'll be putting out their LP as okay. All Sons and Daughters. All right.
3: They had to. I don't think it was their choice. No, I'm just saying somebody, somebody wasn't doing their somebody job. Somebody didn't do their homework. There's four trademarks to get. So, you, somebody the, didn't Google. It, it was like 4,
0: yeah. Someone didn't
5: look at the yeah. trademark catalogs or use Google.
0: Because the first time we started talking about them, every time I Googled them, the Scottish band would come up. The, right.
1: the death metal Scottish
3: band. Yeah. yeah it I seems like, like there's no, been a these lot. These guys are coming in? A lot of great marketing has gone into Sons and Daughters. Yep. Anyway.
1: And and, uh, apparently, Charlie Peacock was in a band, uh, like him and another guy, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, uh, early on in the 80s, -hmm. called Sons and Daughters. So uh, so even in the same industry, there was a band... That had carried that name briefly.
5: A very, very poorly researched name. Great band, great, great people. Band, great poor, band, poor, poor researchers. Yep.
1: It's not their fault.
3: Poor researchers. <laughs> they're, they're just in yeah. the studio they're, writing they're, music. They're, their
5: strengths are making music and praising God. Their weaknesses are they're bad at research, <laughs> googling. Yeah. yeah, googling is like on the resume. You know, they would not put googling in their strength category.
3: And before you book a band, you want to you you want to listen their music, and you've got to read their resume right resume. <laughs> yeah.
5: i know i do yeah, yeah. I, I i actually call and get references on them
1: yeah That's
5: and good. i called the scottish band and they did not have nice things to <laughs> uh,
1: so we asked you uh what what artists you're uh listening to and excited about and you went over to the podcast episode page at relevant and posted replies there here's a few of our favorites Josh M uh, starts off. He he suggests the Ember Days. They uh, we featured a song by the Ember Days on our
0: new magazine compilation album, which I'm seeing people tweet about uh, how
1: good it is. So that's good.
5: Yeah. Yeah, uh, User uh, mentioned Gunger. Big fans
3: of Gunger.
1: Yeah. They're they're uh, Mm -hmm. they should be done with their new album. Uh, It'll be coming out this fall. Yeah. Great. They're making great music. Uh,
3: Has anyone heard uh, the younger brother, the younger Gunger? All the Gungers. David Gunger has a band called The Brilliance. It's, a, it's really good. It's very good.
1: Is it? yeah. It's, yeah. But then the Gunger daughter or the daughter-in-law. daughter-in-law and the other son have a band, too, called... Called Sons and Daughters. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Out of Ireland. Actually, literally, Out all of the Gunger sons and daughters, all sons and daughters are, are great <laughs> musicians. That's awesome. Um, uh, what are they called? Oklahoma Sweetheart. Okay. Oklahoma Sweetheart. Yeah. Okay, Sweetheart. Yeah, they're all good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, but really Gunger, I uh, where were we? We were in Tulsa recently, and I was in Tulsa by myself. And uh, he tweeted me that he was in town too because his family, his dad, and mom still live there, so they were in town. So we had dinner, and uh, he had just finished recording, and um, we were just hanging out talking for a long time. And which Gunger Gunger are you talking Michael about? Michael Gunger, okay, Gun, the Gunger Gunger, like the real Gunger, <laughs> the real one. <laughs> and, and I just started asking him this Gunger live. I mean is phenomenal, yep, I mean one of the best I mean just incredible artists, uh, even if you go to relevant TV and watch these old videos where we film them in our crappy old studio, yeah I mean, you just get a sense of how great they are live, yeah, um, but their album is very radio Christian radio mm-hmm. sounding very produced, mm-hmm. yeah, and so as they're recording the new album, I'm asking him yeah. like.
2: Which one are we getting?
1: <laughs> yeah, almost, almost. Without being offensive. I mean, it's his art. Both yeah, of them are his It's yeah, both yeah, him. Yeah. But I was trying to, I, I've always wondered, do artists, can artists tell the difference? Are you self-aware enough to know that my live show is very different than my album? Because the worst thing you could do is introduce somebody to your music live, blow them away, they buy your CD, they pop it in the car on the way back and they're disappointed. Right. Mm-hmm. And the people who love the CD come to the live show and it's so different, they don't connect. Right. So I was just I was trying to figure out... And I'm not saying that his was that extreme of a sure, sit, but yeah. there is a difference. There is, yeah. And he said um, that album, uh, he's insecure as a producer and as a singer. And so the, the, as they recorded the album, he was so aware of the imperfections of a note he would hit or... He's he's an incredible guitar player, incredible Mm -hmm. musician. So like all the the the, the little things. So in the post production process, he would fix them. Right. And so what you end up with is this perfect version. Yeah. Right. But what's so beautiful about their live show is the tension of the imperfection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he's aware that he kept tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. I think it's
3: the reason why there's a lot there's there's a I think a big surging movement for artists to record analog now. Because like I, think, I think, yeah, and like Foo Fighters Foo did Fighters, on their last yeah. album. I, I just think that whole thing's this, you know, desire for artists to return to something that feels more true, more organic, um, to what you get at a live show. Um, because when you record analog, you can't punch in, you can't correct. It's, you know, you take one pass at your guitar solo and and that's what you get we
1: talked about that approach we because um literally maybe like the week or so before it was when derek webb was in our office and and before uh his show we were just hanging out listening to music in my office all afternoon and and i was civil wars we had the civil wars that hadn't come out yet and so i was playing some and he obviously did too and was a big fan and so we were just talking about that album and um and, and Derek was really into breakbeat and down-tempo stuff and deconstructed like, like what James Blake's album was right, doing. Right. And I was like, he goes, oh, man, I should remix the Civil War's album like the James Blake approach. Wow. So he texts the producer of the album, Charlie Peacock, right. while he's in my office and just like, Charlie, what do you think? Um, and so uh, Derek asked him for the stems. So mm-hmm. as yeah. an artist, all, this, all the tracks that you record on are, I guess, called stems. Mm-hmm. So he's like, give me the stems and I'll just go play with it. You know. And Charlie wrote it back and he goes, there are no stems. He said the way we recorded it is we stuck a mic in the middle of the room and they sang and played into it like the old Sun Records, the old you know, Motown days. Wow. One take. Wow. One track, wow. one stem. Yeah. He said, There's nothing I can give you to remix. Wow. Which blew Derek away. Because right. if you go back yeah. now and listen to it and hear the perfection of the harmonies yeah. and the nuance of the ebb and flow mm-hmm. of the emotion, yeah. that's one take that's on incredible. one mic. That's amazing. But it's
0: amazing because it stands up because every live performance that I've seen Civil Wars do since the album came out, you know, Jay Leno, they were on NPR's Tiny Desk mm-hmm. last week, they sound just as good live as they do on the album. Because huh. so it They, they it. captured it yeah. perfectly. Yeah.
1: And and so when Michael and I were talking, I was like, I mean, have you ever thought of doing something like that? Because I would I mean I would love to hear Gunger in that kind of a yeah context. And he's like Kind of just getting annoyed, like playfully annoyed with me because they just finished recording. Yeah, I was gonna say so he's like, just yeah. been in
3: the middle of his process. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I wish and all of told a sudden,
5: sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> it's like all of his, you know, his, his creative wheels were spinning. Yeah, like course. oh, we could do this and this and this, but they yeah. just wrapped. You know. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, it's it's just interesting to me, like as an artist, like that tension between, you know, vulnerability and the pursuit of perfection for radio you right. know it's like I just don't think Gunger needs to pursue radio
5: right well it's like the 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 old the Ryan Adams Heartbreaker album I don't know if mm-hmm. there's a couple like Sweet Carolina there, there's uh, Sweet Carolina there's so many like good songs on there where you can like hear the chair in the studio creaking at different parts where they're leaning closer to the mics over their acoustic guitars and like I mean it, it's got such a, an authenticity to it that it's it, it, you know, it's hard to capture that in a traditional recording environment. It or, sounds or like the contemporary
3: recording environment. I mean, it's how we do the podcast every week here, isn't you it? You can hear the creaks. Yeah. Somewhere. I mean, we, we leave the raw materials there for right. listeners, right? Chad? One might be the, and middle I of the room. I think that's
5: why yeah. people are so moved by yeah. it yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. What are some of the other artists? Uh, Danny Fuller mentions uh, one of our favorite artists, Bellarive. They're oh, uh, yeah. a great yeah. up and coming worship band here out of Orlando.
2: Um, Brad DeRoos says uh, paper route is great music and he's looking forward to the new cd
1: is it paper root or paper route Route. tomato tomato no. no i asked the band did you i asked the band i'm like hey i'm gonna be that guy how do you say your name <laughs>
0: but you don't remember what they said no no
1: i know what they said i was uh, asking you guys route. if you know it's got to be it route. route it's, it's, it's got to be route it's route, it's okay. route.
2: root is dumb to northern, it is northern. Oh, or
1: it would be like r o o t paper
5: route <laughs> exactly. like like a very weak route right, root. right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, loud, sure. Aaron M said listener. And he compared it to a combination of Aaron Weiss and Craig Finn from the Hold study.
4: Mm.
1: Um, before we ask this week's question of the week, we actually uh, got some 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 stuff in the mail from one of our we haven't listeners. Got stuff in the mail in a long yeah, time. Yeah, you guys are slipping. Remember yeah. those days? That was that was when the podcast was really fun. We'd that show was. up and there'd be like snacks. Be snacks and, and
5: it, there candy. was like cicada ice cream waiting right. for us.
1: Yeah. Um, Jason Frosty. Jason Anderson uh, wrote us. He played drums in Squad Five O for about two years. Wow. Last in the, the past when they first started touring, and uh, and and he sent us. An official Squad Five O trading card. Awesome. This is awesome. It's got stats on the back and everything. Legit. Really? yeah, yeah I know. Awesome. a legit Squad Five O trading card, yeah. limited edition. Cornerstone Rock card from '98. Yeah. Why isn't that in a plastic sheet? I mean, you're you're <laughs>
3: handling it.
5: You just put that in the mail. Yeah. I, let's hope he got tracking and protection. On that.
3: Yeah. The, the corners are a little frayed because of uh, everyone handling it. So that, that's something that needs to be hand delivered. Yeah,
1: it does. Okay, so the Squad Five O stats and averages on the back. Uh, they have them by year, so ninety-seven and ninety-eight. Is so it the, CD unit sales or a no, attendance? no, no, no? So, <laughs> so it's the year 97, 98. Yeah. The team name: Squad Five O. The shows made so ninety-seven, one hundred and fifty-two shows. Jeez. The shows missed That's a lot of youth that groups. year. Four, oh, accidents, one injuries, one. Wow. So that was that was ninety-seven wow. and ninety-eight, one hundred and thirty-six shows. Hmm. Only one show missed, zero accidents, but thirteen injuries. Mm. Oh so, wow. yeah.
5: Wow. I remember going to see Squad 50 when I was I, I you know i don't know probably around 1998 or whenever that was and the lead singer at one point would bring out the he called it the box of death or something it was really just a, a, a wooden box painted black and he would stand on it and jump into the crowd and i thought that was awesome
1: <laughs> the Box yeah. of death. it says career highlights toured for 10 out of 12 months their first season only missing four shows due to accidents and injuries got voted best new band by hm magazine and most wanted to see at cornerstone oh wow so there you go and it's legit Playing card. Yep. Okay, so it's time for this week's...
2: Editorial Question of the
4: Week. Hey!
1: All right, so over the last few uh, weeks, we asked you about meat shapes.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: We talked about Christian music. We, uh, today, we talked about weird ice cream flavors. So all of these kind of came together, a menagerie of ideas mm-hmm. for this week's Question of the Week. So if you could associate a flavor profile to your favorite artist, okay. What would... Uh, what
0: would uh, Dave Matthews band
1: taste like? Uh, weed? <laughs> yeah. Weed, okay. Yeah. Hemp. So, yeah. Hemp, hemp. There you go, yeah. Um,
5: well, well, like I was going to say, if, if I had to make an ice cream flavor out of Weezer, who's a band I used to really love... It would be a flavor that started off really awesome and then got terrible the more you ate.
4: <laughs> like the
5: longer you had it, it would get worse and worse. Yeah, but it so, started off awesome. So that's
1: the question of the week. Okay, so take <laughs> your favorite artist, associate a favorite flavor profile to them, and then tell us about the ice cream that you would make in honor of your artist. So yours and your Weezer ice cream... Jesse, it would spoil
5: this, very quickly. So, like, your first bite, <laughs> your first experience with it's like, man, this is the best ice cream ever. But the longer you keep it, uh, it has no preservatives, so it spoils very, very quickly <laughs> and becomes terrible by, you know,
1: the longer you have it. By the third bite. Was it the third yeah. one? Or they really <laughs> well, well, yeah, down? let's
5: see. Pinkerton. Pinkerton. By the third yeah, bite. Yeah, yeah, third
1: bite. Totally done. So, yeah, we <laughs> want to know your music, Christian or, or non-Christian, music ice cream what would the flavor be what would what would be in it describe your your music ice cream to us totally normal question totally normal yeah. totally it makes it, <laughs> it made sense when we were talking about it now that i'm putting it out there it sounds a little out there
2: who would be bubblegum flavor
1: britney spears, britney spears. Britney spears. Yeah. Yeah. no justin bieber Ooh. because yeah. she's moved on to electronica club stuff yeah, she's a little darker now <laughs> She's yeah, like a swirl. She would be like cotton candy swirl. vodka. Yeah,
2: cotton,
4: cotton candy, candy vodka.
1: Cotton candy vodka. <laughs> <laughs> vodka. Uh,
2: what's a band that was that had a really rocky, rocky road? What would be rocky road? Like they broke up, they got back together. I'm sure that band, band from
1: uh, for um, almost famous. That Stillwater. Band. Stillwater. Yeah, <laughs> Stillwater.
2: Stillwater
3: from almost <laughs> famous. They had a rocky road. <laughs> they did have a rocky. Nice band.
1: reference. <laughs> <laughs> I think,
3: people I
2: think get, we're taking all I way. could we sit think this yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I'm really
5: interested in what the listeners are going to say now.
1: So you're going, the way you've been doing it, you've been thinking flavor first. I've been thinking, yeah. See, I'm thinking band first. Yeah, I'm thinking like, flavor first. What would David Crowder band ice cream taste like?
2: Psychedelic ice cream, isn't that something? Do so you think David Crowder would have psychedelic? Like, it would have like long strands know.
0: of coconut in it.
2: Oh, because of like the goatee,
4: right. the goatee. Certainly, certainly yeah, goatee. that's what you think.
1: Of. Right? I mean, yeah. Well, and it may taste like barbecue because
4: they're from Texas. Texas, yeah.
1: Barbecue with coconut Yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> barbecue with <laughs> coconut
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What would Beyonce? Ice cream.
3: It would taste good. <laughs> I, can i just I'll, I'll be let's keep it real i i mean yeah i was gonna say maybe we should just leave it there yeah i mean i i now now
1: let's this is this is turning See, a i think corner. it would taste like baby oil because she's always lathered up when mm-hmm. she's performing mm-hmm. she always cocoa listens. butter cocoa butter, butter. butter. Mm-hmm. so beyond beyonce ice cream would taste like cocoa butter it would taste, of course it would it would taste very good
3: <laughs> let's let's move on let's move on uh like me some beyonce
5: I to say then there's easy ones like the Smashing Pumpkins or Red Hot Chili Peppers.
4: Those <laughs> <are interesting, laughs> easy. Don't take the easy
1: road, people. Yeah. All right. So go over to the uh, podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and tell us uh, what your music. How do you even say this? Your music, music flavor. Come on. Your music ice cream flavor. Yeah. Your music artist ice cream flavor would be.
3: What's your flavor?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks to uh, Thad Cockrell For talking to us Uh, His new project is Leagues And you can check them out At leaguesmusic.com Also if you want to pick up The new issue of Relevant It's available at a lot of Bookstores nationwide Um, If you can't find it At one near you You can order it At relevantmagazine.com On that note We'll wrap it up I'm Cameron Strang
2: I'm Maya Strang
1: I'm Josh Luan Loveless I'm Jesse Carey That's Chad Michael Snavely We'll see you next week
0: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com.
5: Hey, talk about a morale booster. Like, man, the economy got you down. How about this climate change stuff? There's a lot of woes, but you might win a space shuttle.